Five Nine of the Fan Band and his friend Gunning. Man, what must it be like in the city of Detroit this week? Mm. Getting ready for uh, the NFC Championship game. I Not in their city. A, thought you were going to make a Pistons joke there. I thought you were like, Cade Cunningham oh, yeah, and the boys running roughshod over those Raptors. That would have been funny. That would have been good. Or the Red Wings, you know. Yeah. Mm. Making a case for a playoff spot in the Atlantic Division. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. <laughs> the, the, the Lions. Yeah. Uh, their time. It does feel like it. And uh, everyone's lines also, I feel like now. Oh, there's, I mean, is there any debate as to who, like, the the just, if you have no rooting interest in mm-hmm. conference championship weekend, yeah, the, the the Detroit Lions are everybody's team. A lot of people doing a mea culpa on the Dan Campbell takes that they had mm-hmm. a number of years ago when Not he was me. introduced and biting kneecaps and the what have you. Yeah. But, you know, that, that's the most likable team. I don't think there's any debate around that. Of the four remaining... I mean, who's the least likable? That's a good question. It's got to be Chiefs or Niners, right? Do people hate the Ravens? Like, I feel like there are people who are detractors of them and say, well, I think that Lamar Jackson is no good, but I don't think people hate the Ravens. Yeah, and even the Chiefs. Okay, no, it's definitely, it is the Chiefs, right? Because of yeah. the the Travis Kelsey and the, like, look at me nature mm-hmm. of, of that team. Yes. And everybody, you know, as much as I am of the belief that once you get like dynasties are good in pro sports. Agreed. And when you don't have them, it's it's yeah. You you need measuring sticks. Mm-hmm. And when the Kansas City Chiefs come to your town or your team goes to Kansas City, that's we can make fun of you know the, the teams who treat those games as their Super Bowl. But yep. yeah, that it, rightly they should because sure. that team ends up in the AFC Championship game year over year over year. It is the Chiefs, but I don't find Patrick Mahomes hateable. And anybody no. that watched the quarterback series on Netflix. I think would have a tough time thinking that he's hateable. And even Travis Kelsey, if you listen to the podcast, like he, I, I guess like you, you can quibble with the, like with the, 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 again, look at me yeah. of, of the, the Taylor Swift stuff, but I don't find him like a, a an unlikable character. He is Jason Kelsey's brother. After all, Jason <laughs> likes him. That's the thing. It's like, even if you're out on Travis, you're so in on like the, the Venn diagram of people who are going, oh, I've had enough of this Taylor Swift. And like, I definitely have a bit of this in me, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm sick and tired of it. I just want to watch a football game. The Venn diagram of those people and Jason Kelsey fans, it's like, it's just one big old circle. And that is me. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I see it there. And yeah, I like, I roll my eyes at all the like Taylor Swift stuff and the shots in the box and everything. But it's like, I see the clips from the Kelsey Brothers podcast, and guess what? Like, Travis is hilarious, so mm-hmm. it's hard to hate him. It's like the stuff, it's actually funny because, again, like the Taylor Swift of it all is kind of a perfect parallel because even the stuff about Mahomes that's unlikable, it's like, you know, people, I don't really get into this, but it's like people annoyed by his wife. It's like his brother. We know he's like mm-hmm. TikToking on like Sean Taylor's memorial at the Washington field. Like yeah, and I don't like, find his brother very likable. No, exactly. That's what I'm getting at though. It's like, it's not the <laughs> principal characters. Even again, even somebody like me who gets annoyed by all the other stuff. It's like, I don't sit there and go, oh, that Travis Kelsey. It's like, I personally am annoyed because mm-hmm. he's going to break the record that Brady and Gronk held. But that's just like personal grievances. That's no. not actual animus. No. Um, yeah, you Andy th- Reid, beloved figure. Who doesn't like Andy Reid? Yeah, I found the Patriots pretty unlikable. Yeah, I'm aware. Yeah, and I think people that weren't Patriots fans, like that was not. It was not hard to like gin up the hatred <clears throat> towards Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. That was easy. Yeah, I think it's tough to to, to gin up the hatred for 
Uh, the Chiefs. Maybe this I'll, continues I'll another 10 years. I'll get there pretty quickly with Mahomes. Anyway, you all are going to do it to me. <laughs> we're picking over the carcass still of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, can I can I relay to you? So uh, Josh Please. Allen has five playoff wins, okay? Yeah. Oh, I've seen this. This is so good. <laughs> Josh Allen is 0-3 against the Kansas City Chiefs and, and Patrick Mahomes in the postseason. It's but a lot of guys. We weren't going into this postseason with the same questions about his playoff resume as we were for, say, like a Lamar Jackson who only had one playoff win, right? Yep. Okay. It 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 has been a checkered postseason history, no doubt. And outside of even the victories, like the the quarterback statistics for Lamar Jackson, he just didn't look like the same guy that is about to win his second MVP award. Maybe those questions have now gone away because he beat the Houston Texans. We'll see if if things look similarly. Well, it's actually just to me, it's just dependent on what CJ Stroud does next year. If mm-hmm. CJ Stroud is, you know, as the kids say, him and mm-hmm. he just has a big year, we look at that and say, hey, good for Lamar Jackson. Like he outdueled CJ Stroud. He should. He's a better player. He's an MVP. But if we think of CJ Stroud as a top eight quarterback in the league or seven or yeah. whatever, and why wouldn't we? I do think we put a little more stock. Well, in that. but also the Ravens defense isn't exactly the Texans defense. Nope. But I mean, the Chiefs defense isn't exactly yeah, the Patrick Texans. Mahomes defense. doesn't have to apologize yeah. for it, does he? Uh, no, no. For the uh, Chiefs having a defense, finally? no, 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 no. That's that's fine. You're allowed to win that way. Anyways, here are the the five. Yes, please. This is my favorite stat. Here are the five quarterbacks that Josh Allen has gone head to head with and beaten. These yeah. are the only wins he has in his postseason career. So mm-hmm. he had uh, the Indianapolis Colts and the decaying corpse of of Philip Rivers. That was his final season, and he went <laughs> off to coach high school football and wanted back in the league, and yeah, yeah it, just, it just never happened for him. Yeah. Um. He beat the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Yeah, it's a good win. Or maybe not, depending on how you feel. Well, Lamar Jackson was injured in the second half of that yep. football game. But, yeah, he put up fewer than 20 points in, in that game. But he beat Lamar Jackson. That's that's his best win because after that, we're talking about the Patriots and Mac Jones and the most perfect yep. postseason game ever played by any team, let alone the yep. Buffalo Bills. Like, every time they touched the ball, they scored a touchdown, and it's Mac freaking Jones. Um Skylar Thompson last year, like just barely still the hottest sounding professional male athlete yeah. we will ever have. I'm like, I, I would like to challenge someone out there to come up with a better. Yeah, there is. And you're not doing it. Skylar Thompson again, just barely. And mm-hmm. then immediately get embarrassed by <laughs> a Thompson. real quarterback in Joe Burrow <laughs> at home in the snow and Mason Rudolph this year. God. That is not Brent. A murderer's row of uh, of it's opponents. A, it's a murderer's row of quarterbacks that are likely that would usually murder their team's season and not have them in the postseason. Is what that is. So, what I come around to, and I I watched the divisional round playoff game against the Chiefs. I've even seen, hey, like go back to the thirteen seconds game. Totally, how great Josh Allen played in that game. But, I mean, if you are going to go scoreboard and resume, Mm -hmm. is there not a case to be made that he hasn't really stared down yet another great quarterback playing great football and won? Is there, should there be more questions about Josh Allen's playoff resume than I think we have? I think it's a fair question to ask, but I think that question gets hammered home and said, no, we're not talking, we're not actually going to have that conversation because of the guys he's lost to. It's Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. Yeah. We feel differently about this if there's like a Will Levis on the list or a Mason Rudolph or something. Yeah, he didn't it's, lose to Skylar Thompson. Like no. eventually they did get the job exactly. done. 
it wasn't pretty. It barely happened, but eventually they did. And that's what that's where I come to on it is even the even the person who just looks scoreboard and wants to kill Josh Allen for that. That person has Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow is, you know, their one and second or third best quarterbacks in the league or however you want to look at it. So that's why I think you just can't kill him. It goes back to what we said. If Josh Allen's in the NFC, if he just exists as the Vikings quarterback in a dome or, you know, something, do we have a completely different conversation about him at this point in time in his career? And I don't think it's completely different because I think everyone gives him his due because they see it. But how can you not feel differently if you'd actually see him kind of climb to the mountaintop or something close to it? No, I think he's more than capable of of getting totally. uh, of of winning a Super Bowl given the surrounding cast and totally. I mean he was more than capable of beating the Kansas City Chiefs at home on Sunday if you know, a couple of plays go his way uh in, including a Tyler Bass kick mm-hmm. uh that might have tied the game. Uh but you know, still Patrick Mahomes with uh, more than a minute to go in a tie game with a couple of timeouts uh Hard to feel super confident the that the Bills were going to win that football game. All right, let's talk to Peter King of NBC's Football Morning in America. How's it going, Peter? I'm doing great, guys. How about you? Good. We were just having a conversation about Josh Allen and, and his potential future. And you know what? The, the future of that Bills team in particular, he gets more expensive next season. Like, is it possible that the window's already closed for the Bills? Absolutely not. I mean, there have been a lot of teams over the years that have had expensive quarterbacks and and have advanced far into the playoffs. Uh, the salary cap goes up, figure a way to do the contract. The contract of Josh Allen is not going to be the difference in whether the Bills uh, win it all. I think the big difference in Buffalo next year has to be a deeper roster. they got a lot of injuries this year. And as I sort of looked at it, I think that you could see the empty areas of the field because of injuries, particularly Matt Milano, who obviously has been gone half the year. Uh, Tredavious White, the cornerback position has been denuded. And so, look, I, I know that it's very popular and the quarterback makes the most money and he is in the spotlight, he's in the headlight. Uh, But I would just say this, that anyone who thinks that Josh Allen is either going to be an anchor on this franchise that's going to prevent them from winning or how he is somehow flawed and he can't uh, win a Super Bowl, I think is just absolutely crazy. I think he's a great football player who fell a little short in this game. There's a lot of people who are going to fall short to Patrick Mahomes. But he's had seven head-to-head matches with Mahomes. He has uh, he's won three of them. And the difference in the total number of points in those seven matches, I think, is seven. Uh, Kansas City's got seven points on or It's close. It might even be three. But it's very close. And so... I just think a lot of what happened in the hours and what will happen in the days after the game is strikes me kind of as overreaction Monday about uh, what whatever they perceive Josh Allen's weaknesses to be. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree with all of that, Peter. So let me pose let me pose you a slightly different but still Josh Allen related question uh, on kind of the flip side of that coin. And, you know, I understand. Look, like eventually if you were in the NFC, you'd still have to probably beat Patrick Mahomes at some point in time to win the big one. But how differently would we feel about Josh Allen if he was simply just in the NFC and he wasn't going through Burrow and Mahomes every single year? I mean, you know, if you just close your eyes and you replace Josh Allen or sorry, replace Dak Prescott with Josh Allen, and how much of a different conversation are we having? And, you know, I understand that's not how life works. We don't get to do that. But I just look at the murderer's row he has to go through every year. And, man, it, it feels like the conversation would be so, so different if he was, you know, in the NFC where, you know, I'm not going to crap on all the quarterbacks there. But I think we can we could say the guys who kind of hold the belt have, have been in the AFC for the last little while anyways. And I know love's coming, but it does feel like it'd be a different conversation. I think it probably would be. But then again, you can look at NFL history and 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 basically say what would happen if this guy was on that team or this guy was in a different conference. You know, I, I think he probably probably would be the top quarterback in the NFC uh, pretty consistently. But there's so much that goes into building a good team. And to me, it's about building the depth around that guy, even if you might not have the money to build it with stars. You know, time and again, we have seen other ways to build teams. You see it with the Lions now. Um, they're building it very, very heavily through the draft and have done a great job. So there's a lot of different ways to win, a lot of different ways to build. You're probably right. He'd be the best quarterback in the NFC, so maybe he'd have an easier path. But... Um, I also don't hand them a game. I, I, I wouldn't necessarily think if you put them on some team in the NFC that they waltz into Levi Stadium and beat this edition of the 49ers. But again, you know, I, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about that stuff because it's just probably not going to happen. You know, so he's going to be a bill and they're going to be good again next year and they'll go after it again next year. Uh, so there were certainly more, more questions around Lamar Jackson's postseason resume headed into this postseason than there were around Josh Allen. Uh, he picks up his second postseason victory in uh, the divisional round against the Houston Texans. His second uh, postseason victory brings him to two and three in uh, in overall postseason uh, as far as his record is concerned. He's lost as a one seed before back uh, in 2019 to the to the Titans. Does one win over a, a Texans team that didn't expect to be here, nobody expected them to be here, has a, a great rookie quarterback in the future is bright, but like obviously one that was a heavy underdog against the top seed in the AFC. Does one win, like erase those questions surrounding Lamar Jackson? No. I mean, he, he played one half of great football. Um, but what I was struck with, talking to him after the game and, talking to John Harbaugh after the game is <clears throat> this is a team that they thought their season started on Saturday. They, they did not, uh, how can I put this? They didn't take a lot of joy necessarily um, in the journey that got them to the one seed because they knew all along that the only thing for them, for this team, for this franchise, for this quarterback that mattered is how they were going to do in the playoffs. And 
he acquitted himself exceedingly well, uh, particularly in the second half when Baltimore outscored Houston 24 nothing. But uh, I, I thought it was a very, very encouraging performance by Lamar Jackson, particularly in the second half. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm there with you as well. And you know, it's uh, you know, it's sometimes you read too much or make too much of these stories. But uh, very good for him to have that story come out about him, his kind of rousing speech in the uh, the the locker room at halftime. Uh, you know, those things. I don't know how much they actually matter, but when you win, it's uh, certainly a good story uh, to to tell. Uh, the the you know, we talked a lot about the AFC Championship game on the NFC side of things. Uh, Debo Samuel banged up. Seems like it's still up in the air his status for for uh, the the game there uh, against the Lions. We have seen this 49ers team with banged up skill position players, whether it be McCaffrey, Samuel, Ayuk's been banged up at times. Uh, if it is a lesser version of Samuel or he's out altogether, uh, how much does that kind of hamper Brock Purdy in the 49ers offense? That single injury is going to have a huge impact on this game because they're not the same when, it, when Debo Samuel is not an impact player. And obviously, Christian McCaffrey means everything to that team as well. But you just, you just, when you watch them play and you see how Debo Samuel threatens a defense with the way he plays, his physical and speed, uh, his physicality and his speed are two difference making elements that, to me anyway, are uh, are are unable to be replaced in that lineup. So I think if he doesn't play or if he's some 50% version of himself, uh, that's going to have a huge impact on that game. Uh, before I let you go, Peter, uh, Bill Belichick is available for, for, for any interested franchise yeah. to hire as their head coach. And we know he's had one interview. That's with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, and the Atlanta Falcons, to the best of my knowledge, have not offered him a contract. But that's it. Like, as far as the the, the reported interest by teams with an opening at, at head coach, I mean, does does that indicate to us that, that there's perhaps not as much of a, a, a clamoring for his services around the league? I'm mind-boggled by this one, honestly. Seth Wickersham of ESPN had a really interesting uh, social post the other day in which he said, basically, remember how everybody finds an excuse about why they weren't going after Tom Brady four years ago? And, (coughs) excuse me, and then obviously Tampa went after Brady, got him, won a Super Bowl, and everybody had pangs of regret. And I can tell you, the 49ers absolutely unequivocally had pangs of regret and wished that they signed Tom Brady. I can tell you that. So I wonder now if somebody's going to have, just like uh, Seth Wickersham wondered, I wonder if people are going to have the same feeling this time. And there's one other aspect to this. You know, I just saw column in the Boston Globe yesterday about Belichick should wait a year and uh, there's going to be better openings next year. You don't want to go to Atlanta. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, you want to wait until 2025 when Bill Belichick will be 73 years old. Do you actually think that the ardor for Bill Belichick is going to increase 
over that period of time. And again, look, I know this circus smacks of ageism, but football's a young man's game. No matter how good Belichick is, no matter how lively, how spry, same with Pete Carroll. Do you want to cast your lot with a guy who, in that sport who's 73 years old? And so, I don't know. I think two things. One, I'm also very surprised that there were eight openings and only one team gained to speak Bill Belichick. And secondly, it just speaks to a lot of things that the Falcons are setting the world record for most number of coaches interviewed. Um, And so it also says to me that they're probably not going to hire Belichick, but anyway, we'll see. It's just been a very, very odd postseason for Belichick and in his coaching search. Yeah. Really, really bizarre. And frankly, kind of embarrassing for Bill Belichick. Uh, We'll see. I think so. Yeah. Uh, Peter, always appreciate the time. Thanks. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, Peter King, NBC Sports Football Morning in America. Bill Belichick, 71 years old. Yeah, if Peter King is allowed to say, like, hey, that guy's too old, Mm -hmm. it's pretty fair fair marker. (laughs) I think that's correct. Um, He's 71 years old. The drafting uh, player personnel record. Yeah, it's terrible. Not so good. No, just like worse words are needed. We need to invent new words it's for the level bad. of ineptitude. It's quite bad. He he did get Mac Jones to the postseason, you know? Like he's... Or did Mac Jones get... <laughs> no, I won't go that far. Okay. I don't think Bill Belichick sucks no. as a head coach. I would agree. I, I, I think, okay, it the, the bloom is off the rose a little bit compared to the, mm-hmm. the guy that was, you know winning championships each and every season with Tom Brady. Yeah. But I think you're still in a good spot if you have Bill Belichick. It's pretty shocking to me that the rest of the NFL disagrees with that. Like, and like, okay, so he's, maybe there's other things mm -hmm. that are happening that are not public knowledge Mm -hmm. around Bill Belichick and these other franchises that need quarterbacks. But here's what we know for sure. The team that I think you and I both agree is below his brand. Yes. In the Atlanta Falcons. thousand percent have interviewed him yes. and have interviewed him and interviewed other people subsequent mm-hmm. to him and haven't just like immediately offered him the job mm-hmm. to protect him from taking some other interviews right. and potentially being wooed by some other franchise right. and ending up somewhere else. It's already embarrassing for Bill Belichick. Yeah, there's some element to that for sure. The, here's what I will say. I'm not certain how good he's going to be at his next stop. I will say that some team in this coaching cycle and, you know, this is totally unfair to those guys, but it's like the, it's the name that's at the top tip of my tongue, so he's getting used. Ben Johnson, Lions OC. Mm-hmm. Some team's going to hire him. I don't know. Maybe he works out. Maybe he doesn't. One of these coordinators is going to get hired. You're your sexy play caller type, and you're going to go, ooh, I wish I had somebody who understood, like, structure and, you know, running an organization and being at the helm of it. This is a big job, being an NFL head coach. It's different than any other step you've had along the way. And I think that one of these teams that's going to hire some coordinator, again, it's not fair to Ben Johnson, but he's the name Mm -hmm. on the tip of my tongue, so he's getting used here. They're going to regret that. And and it's not to say that Belichick necessarily would be better, but if he flame out with the first-time head coach or the guy you're giving the reins to, Mm -hmm. it's going to be so easy to sit there and go, what 
were you doing? Especially if you're a team that has some type of built-in infrastructure in terms of being ready to win-ish like the Falcons. Well, that's it. Like, I understand that a team like the Titans with a young quarterback and Will Levis yeah. going for the, the young Brian Callahan sure. OC of, of the Bengals. Like, that that makes sense. That's it. A franchise that's well, you know, and you just said no thanks to Vrabel, so I don't right. think you're like who's the guy who taught him his ways, <laughs> right? The guy who taught him to be so stubborn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's more embarrassing, not having interest from around the NFL outside of the Falcons, or having the Falcons deny you? Like this is mm. we we may live in a world where like the Atlanta Falcons are Bill Belichick's one potential landing spot, but they're like. Maybe even it's as a result of nobody else having interest in him. They're like, I think wait, there's something to that. Wait, why Group isn't? Think. Think, ho- ho- hold on, wait. We thought this guy, like, we thought it was such a coup for us to to be the first in line to right. interview Bill Belichick. Turns out we're the only ones to interview Bill Belichick. I, I mean, what's more embarrassing? Yeah, I, I, I would love to sit here and tell you something else. It's it is that way. I just think there's going to be a team that at this time next year goes. Eh, maybe that's where we should have gone with wow. all this. Because guess what? There's no way every coaching hire is a nails one. Two or three of these guys every year are flat out in over their head. We mm-hmm. see it all the time. Some people thought it was Dan Campbell. It's not mm-hmm. always the guy you think it's going to be, mm-hmm. but two or three of these guys who get hired are either going to be a retread and you say, oh, you knew what that was. What are you doing? Or it's somebody who's just, the the lights are a little too bright or they're not ready for that moment in their career or whatever it is. And I think that, again, not that Belichick would be the for sure answer there, but there's going to be a team that, uh, that regrets passing on him if they end up doing so. Oh, 100%. And I, I think Peter's right that's yeah there's going to be some serious regret by one of these organizations i also think that yeah at 71 years old to go into the wilderness to do the media thing for a year and then mm-hmm. try and re-enter the the, the coaching market mm-hmm. at 73 after i mean the world world already told you at 71 they weren't interested in like yeah. it's it's possible like we have to now for accept sure. the possibility that we've seen the last of bill belichick as an nfl head coach it's entirely possible, but I also think that he is, he just carries so much more and like not with everyone clearly, but I also think that he's a guy who still carries so much gravitas. And if he sits the year and these, these flaming, these, these hires go out in flames, the way it's entirely possible they can, where you say, all right, we're just going to go the exact opposite route of this and give him one more crack. Like I, I'm with you. It's entirely possible, but yeah. I'm not pouring dirt on it yet. I well, The guy I'm thinking about is Bill Cower, right? Mm-hmm. He's only 66. Yeah, I know. I know. And we all thought, uh, second go right. No. Gone. No. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine? I just, Could you imagine I, a franchise saying, oh, we're hired Bill Cowher? Yeah. I mean, it's, like, it's, it's not, happened to John Gruden. It's not so, insane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that worked out so well. <laughs> what do his emails look? No, I don't want to know. Yeah. I don't want to know. No, you, you probably don't. I probably don't. <laughs> all right. Uh, speaking of things that are untoward, uh, Corey Perry. Officially introduced in Edmonton yesterday, and, you know, he answered some questions, I guess, sort of, kind of. Said words, for sure. Uh, Would the reaction have been different if, in fact, he was stepping to the podium here in Toronto? We discuss that and more next. As the Fan Morning Show continues, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, this whole situation, it's not easy. Um, but if you do have a problem, get help. Seek out 
um, you know, there's there's no shame in it. It's just you, if you need the help, go find it and uh, and, and and treat yourself. I mean, you, when I when I get up in the in the morning every day now, it's I can look uh, I can look myself in the mirror and be happy about myself and, and where I'm going and uh, and be proud of, of what I've done over over the last two months. Fan morning, Joe Sports at 5.9 in the fan. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. That was Corey Perry yesterday in the city of Edmonton, officially introduced as the newest Edmonton Oiler. And yeah, that was him addressing the situation, whatever it was specifically. Who can say? That had the Chicago Blackhawks feeling within their rights to terminate his contract and whether he will... Uh, appeal that termination, whether he will continue to fight against the dissolution of his contract that he signed in good faith in Chicago. That was that was not said explicitly yesterday. In fact, mm-hmm. there are perilously few tangible details of exactly what went down. They barely confirmed Corey Perry's signing with the Oilers <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. It was it was a, a a scene of much jubilation for both Corey Perry uh, Corey Perry and the Edmonton Oilers who have won a franchise record 13 consecutive hockey games. I, I got to tell you though, Brent, mm. in, in watching that and and yeah. and reading some of the pieces that came out of that, again, like having no intimate knowledge of the explicit details of exactly what went down in Chicago, mm-hmm. I, I, I did wonder how that scene would have played out in Toronto. Do you think it would have been any different than what we saw in Edmonton yesterday? I don't know that the actual scene in and of itself, I mean, yeah, maybe you get a few more kind of news people in the building, but it's not like there was an absence of those type of figures in in Edmonton yesterday, but I think just sheer kind of number, volume, size, uh, the actual event, I don't know that it would have played out any differently, but I do think the conversation would have been different. I mean, we just, we talked about it earlier when we were talking about with Hellybuck, and I'm not going to pretend that Winnipeg is Edmonton, but I'm also not going to pretend that Edmonton, is Toronto. And Edmonton's not some backwater. Edmonton's not a market we don't talk about. But guess what we talk about? We talk about their hockey team, okay? Mm -hmm. And this is going to be a story because it's Corey Perry and because we've talked about him a lot this this year and specifically in this market with, you know, hopes that he would be here going back to last offseason for a lot of people. So I think that it would have played out differently. I just think there's the volume and it's like it's the old spinal tap like everywhere else goes to 10 it's like but is it louder i don't know it goes to 11 here though and it certainly feels a lot louder so i do think it would have been different well, do you, what do you think yeah i do and i mean you're right yeah just because the the voices are louder here the the microscope is bigger here but also like just the volume of reporters and people who have opinions who have access to means to broadcast those mm-hmm. opinions whether that's actually through broadcast or through print or whatever it's whatever. just like mathematically there's the greater chance that just one person and it probably just takes the one person to have Mm -hmm. the column the opinion of like what are we doing here what exactly went down here is this is this the the right moral ground that this storied franchise wants to stand on also adding to that Mm. and you're right like uh, this is not like taking swings at edmonton i've been to the mall it was great was it It it's really good they have submarines there like the boats? Yeah, like wow. they go under, they have a submarine ride. They have a wave pool. I went to the water park and went on a roller coaster in the mall. Good for them. Because it's minus yeah, one million. Say, it's so cool. That's what you do in the winter, okay? Like they're not having the conversation of, hey, what are we doing? No outdoor rinks. They're they're like, we building them. Yeah, it's like, uh, uh, it's going to be a bummer when they melt in June, right? Like that's <laughs> the conversation they're having in Edmonton. So my my knowledge of Edmonton is limited. 
I have been there. And again, shout outs to the mall. But when you're in a position of of media, right? Like when you're and you you don't want to carry water for a team, but what you want to do is you want to give people something that they want to consume. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And and sometimes that's 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 not necessarily something they like. Mm-hmm. But something that they're interested in reading or listening to, oh, yeah. or you know, you get them read, hate watch, hate sure. listen. It's a thing. But here's my guess, and again, like n- not knowing exactly what happened at, with Corey Perry in yeah. Chicago, but everything like it was not of a of a legal nature. There's mm. been no legal proceedings, and yeah. he hasn't even ever been suspended from the league. I mean, Gary Bettman met with him to like give everybody. The thumbs up that he he was cool to resign, but Which he somebody didn't need. yeah somebody could have immediately said yep. we want to sign Corey Perry, but my guess is that the citizens of Edmonton are like ecstatic when somebody chooses mm. Edmonton. It's an interesting point. Even, I hadn't thought of. even if it's a team with Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle that's won thirteen consecutive games, right? When you're Corey Perry, and yeah, you're not Corey Perry, um, you know. 50 goal score right. anymore, but you're Corey Perry with a pretty strong postseason track yeah, record. Still the rat, yeah. Yeah, and you can, man, a depth. The worm, sorry. And, and then especially at this cap hit, at the prorated version of uh, the minimum salary in the NHL, that's a valuable totally. player. It's not maybe the difference between winning a Stanley Cup and not, but like maybe is. Yeah. If that player chooses you, and also you got to take into account, and I think Mark Spector did a great job of illustrating this, mm-hmm. this is a guy that... Yeah, he's been the guy, and you talk about Corey Perry in recent vintage yeah. being the, the harbinger of doom for the po- uh, Leafs in the postseason. Yeah. It's been plenty of years with him playing in the Western Conference with the Anaheim Ducks uh-huh. with the, where the Oilers have said, oh, my God, Corey Perry again. Yep. And you get that guy. I don't, I don't know if you're a citizen of Edmonton if you want to be tearing down a guy that shows you. He said, I know there's not a ton to do here in February um, other than go to the mall and, and I get it. Like I'm, my job is, is playing hockey. So that's going to be the primary focus, but then, you know, this is a, another 28 hours of the day. Uh, I want to be here. <laughs> I choose to be here. And I don't know what the citizens of Edmonton want to read or hear the dissenting opinion that this guy shouldn't be here. Yeah, I think there is that. That's a very valid point. And, you know, we don't often go to the tax line, but you can always hit us up five ninety five ninety. Please include your name and location. That's kind of what Brian or Bryn and Hamilton get, gets to. There, these of the this is his text. I think the Toronto media would be much more likely to have a vested interest in spending resources to go figure out what exactly it is that happened. And I don't think that it's a lack of calls being made. You know, I'm not like again. We all think of Edmonton and think of Spectre. I don't think he's sitting there going la 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 la. la. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. No, he's a reporter. He wants yeah. to know what's going on. But to your point about what do people care about the infrastructure around it? I don't know that the you know, the general news consumer in Edmonton. Like, again, remove this from a sports fan lens. That's the story they're most invested in, they're most interested in. And I'm not saying it is for the average person walking down Bay Street, but, ooh, a scandal involving hockey? Like, there's a lot of people who say, yes, please, yeah. give me that. I would like to consume that that content. So I do think it would just be, it would be different. I, I, I do, and I don't, I think you're being completely, I'm not saying you, but I think if you're out there saying, oh, they, it would have been fine. They could have weathered it for a day. I don't think it would have been a day. I, mm. I really don't. No, and it is a day in Edmonton. Yep. Like we're talking about it I'd like a day, and maybe there'll be some other people that, that do the same topic today. Not tomorrow. Tomorrow's over. That's it. 
unless somebody's going to have, yeah, the scathing opinion piece. Like, is Katie Strang getting involved in this? From it's court, you know? over. Yeah. And if you're Corey Perry, it's hard not to think that this went into the decision-making. Like, yeah, he's not going to go to, yeah, some, he's not going to go to Arizona, no, right? Would, okay. No. Like, you, there there has to be certain, like. I was going to be a Panther <laughs> for sure, just yeah, for the record. Yeah, sure. It, it, Florida, that would have been similar one. I, I wonder if this, like, gets, but there's some pretty big media people in the city of Miami, and yeah. I know, you know, it, where the Panther, there's play isn't in Miami, but that's the, yeah, I, and I've been there too. I've been and they, they have a great mall. It's like Traveling right next man. to a mall, uh, the arena there that used to be National Car Rental Center, whatever the hell what it's called it now. The, and I know we talked about Edmonton. What is it with the American hockey rink so close to malls? I feel like I've heard this in Carolina yeah, as well. Yeah, huh? close I, to malls. I, I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, the Eaton Center's not far though. Yeah, <laughs> you need Hot to talk to talk now. An, an urban city planner. Anyways. Yeah, and you're right. It probably does last a day in Miami as well. But like, yeah, the, maybe this actually catches the does attention. It last probably a not in Miami. In, yeah, but yeah, you're right. And it's it probably you know in in. Matthew Gachuk takes to the mic and goes, "Guys, it's fine." And they go, "All right, Maddie, <laughs> yeah, right. see you out there. Good luck." It's it's conference championship week yeah. in the NFL yeah, and like, like the middle of the NBA season. Yeah, you're right. That's probably the case. But yeah, it's it's. The possibility existed that it wasn't going to be this in Toronto. And I can't help but think that Corey Perry doing the calculus, yeah. gaming this not? thing out, wanting to get and and it's it's once he plays out the rest of the season with Edmonton, no matter how it finishes, we start a new next uh opening day, right? Like if he's if he signs with the Leafs in the offseason, this it's too much time has passed, oh, I, I think, bef I before this becomes a discussion again. I don't think it's the, you know, let's say it was a 10, out of, it would have been a 10 out of 10 yesterday. I don't think it's that, but I think that all the same stuff about, hold on, what mm. happened there? Oh, mm. we still don't know. I'd like some answers again. Like, I don't think that's everybody. I think there's a lot of people who are totally content to say, Hey, league said it's good. That's good enough for me. But I also think there's a lot of people who go, hold on. What was that story? Mm -hmm. We never, we never, he's here and mm -hmm. we never ever found out what's, Go find out. Like, I can easily see a world. Not to say that they get to the bottom of it even, but I can see a world where anywhere else, I mm -hmm. agree with you. I think this is now done. Mm -hmm. But I still think here is different. I still do. Yeah. You think I'm wrong? No, not necessarily. Because, like, New York's a big market. But guess what? Next year, he can go be a ranger. No one care. Yeah. And, and okay, so how do you how do you feel about that? Because I, I hate can, it. Okay. <laughs> Quite so frankly. I don't, it's not, like, you can't talk about every situation in a blanket fashion, right? Like even, you know, there's a comparison to Evander Kane and and the things that are very much on record yep. uh, that have taken place in a court setting mm -hmm. for Evander Kane. I don't, there's no comparison to the Evander Kane stuff to the Corey Perry stuff, I don't think. And again, the mm -hmm. courts are not involved in the Corey Perry stuff. So you can't like paint every... Nope unseemly situation in pro sports with the same totally. like hey roberto osuna here yep. in toronto yeah didn't last the season nope once those uh allegations once those reports came to what happened to him oh wait they went one world series after sure and there's 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 something nice about a city that says, I don't care what you produce. There is a certain moral character baseline that we mm -hmm. need everybody to achieve. But also it's, I mean, you can go a little, you know, if, if you start digging into everybody's personal background, there, and I mean, I guess this exists outside of pro sports, yeah. just in life, yeah. like everybody's got no skeletons saint, in man. the closet. 
Like, how much do we care about that stuff? And, okay, you can talk about a team like Edmonton that needs to kind of close their eyes and, and yep. cast a blind eye to that type of stuff because of the market that they exist in. And, you know, it's actually like kind of a feature, not a bug. Mm-hmm that they can go out and acquire these guys that maybe nobody else wants to touch with a 10-foot pole. Yeah. But yeah, in the city of Toronto, it's the opposite. It's the complete opposite. And I actually, I think in everyone's line, like I, every person who says, I don't care about that. No, no. I can find a reprehensible enough human that I think eventually you will find your line. Everyone's line is different. I don't like, I don't, I don't know that we need to get into the point of policing it, but to the point you're making there is that when you're in Toronto, the people whose line is he jaywalked, they get involved and they have a say too. Mm-hmm. And that just does not exist in, forget Edmonton, doesn't exist in, I was about to say Vancouver. I think that might exist in Vancouver as well. But you, you understand the point I'm making. There's just so many of these markets. And look, it's a double-edged sword, man. Like they're, the Leafs get to do the thing where, uh, you know, one-fifth of the NHL is from their backyard and they're now giving all these guys 800K deals at the tail end of their career. So it's not to say it's only ever works out negatively for the Leafs. Right. There are guys who come here. I mean, Ryan Reeves came here, I think, because he wanted to, to have a turn and see how that's working out. But, you know, there are pros and cons to each market. But this is where I get frustrated. And I get frustrated with it from a Leafs fan perspective of why do you have to play from different rules? But I also get frustrated if I'm the Leafs. And, you know, these are questions we don't know the answers to. But Joel Quenville, like, if the Leafs really, 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 at some point in time over the last mm. two, three years, wanted to hire Joel Quenville... In what world do you think, even if the NHL was ready to let that happen, why would you as a league say go there? God, you should be an an oiler right now, Joel (laughs) Quenville, right? Like that's that's where all the the, the people with the the character questions end up. Yeah. Yeah. So I look at it and I get frustrated by it. There are obviously benefits to it. It's it's honestly, it's just like another part and parcel of the tax thing we do. Where you go, oh, these guys, they get low taxes in Florida. Yeah, no one cares about anything they accomplish either. And maybe that matters to some guys, maybe it doesn't. It's just pros and cons of markets. And I can't sit here and say they're all negatives for the Leafs. Obviously not. But man, there are some big ones. And this is absolutely one of them. I don't think yeah. you can look at it any other way. You know what? I think the big differentiating thing with the Corey Perry thing is even compared mm. to the Evander Kane thing compared to the even the Anthony Bass thing is yep. that we know explicitly what Anthony Bass's no opinions clue. are yep. right yep. yep we we know like I Just here's my him. guess here's my guess there were more than a few Toronto Blue Jays players that echoed the sentiments privately that Anthony Bass espoused publicly a season yep. ago seems pretty safe assumption but we get to ignore them because again they didn't make it public mm-hmm. Right? Like, so I, what I want to do when I'm evaluating my sports and, and the players that I root for and, and the team that I want to win mm-hmm. is just think about the, the, the scoreboard and the box score and the baseball reference page and the yeah. hockey reference page and just the, the, the stats and the numbers and the wins and the losses. It, if you, it gets hard when it's, it's publicly available knowledge or you're forcing it into the mm-hmm. public sphere like an Anthony Bass. So yeah, y- y- that that changes things. When, when we know explicitly what happened, yeah. and that's maybe the reason why I could see the Corey Perry thing working here, if, if nobody ever found out what exactly it was, there's a level of, okay, m- maybe it wasn't so bad, that we don't have the explicit nature of, of what exactly went down in Chicago. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it that way. That I, I was just thinking it of people constantly wanting to get to the bottom. But I think you're right. There is probably a public perception. Now, you know, I, 
I'm not saying this is the case with Corey Perry, but I don't necessarily look at the world through a lens of, well, we all decided we didn't get to the bottom of that, and that's okay. Surely nothing untoward is going on there. I don't know if that's how I see it, but I do think, you know, it's just like people's attention is drawn to what's right in front of them, and the farther we get away from it, and if there are less and less answers and there's no, you know... You know, report about what happened in the summer or something along those lines, then yeah, I think you're right. It probably probably does die down a little, but never to the extent and never as quickly as it did in Edmonton. All right, time now for The Wake and Rake, presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book, Bet Local, on Sportsnet tonight, 9 o'clock, from Calgary. Those Flames battling for their playoff lives, hosting the St. Louis Blues, and the Flames are pretty heavy favorites. They are minus 165 on the money line. The total in this game is six, Brent. I'm going to take the uh, the under in this one. Blues, not a, a particularly offensive juggernaut team, and Flames have struggled to score. So I know six. I know it's a low number there, but I, uh, you know, these are these are two teams that I think are kind of hard to feel too consistent about on a night to night basis. So the thing I feel safest in is the under there. Give me a boring game in uh, in Calgary. Uh, yeah, I don't mind that, and I guess this would go counter to taking the puck line, but I do like like the Flames are still. There's signs of life there yeah. uh, with with Calgary after the disappointing loss in the Battle of Alberta, and then of course the loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs and Jordan Bean. Uh, the <laughs> Jordan Bean. <laughs> the the Flames are desperate for a victory, so I'll take them on the puck line minus one and a half at plus one forty over the St. Louis Blues, and that was the Wake and Rake presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book. Bet local. Uh, so Leafs next in action tomorrow. At home for, against the Winnipeg NHL. It's been too long. Jets. Uh, the home and home against the Jets tomorrow and then on Hockey Night in Canada in Winnipeg. We'll talk to Luke Fox later on in the program. And uh, not the least of which, uh, uh, as far as topics of conversation mm-hmm. are going to be, and we touched on this a little bit yeah. yesterday, is the Ryan Reeves one-on-one that he had, the exclusive that he had yesterday mm-hmm. for Sportsnet.ca that uh, became the topic of, of much conversation in the city of Toronto yesterday. Um Ryan Reeves was asked a direct question about his feelings about not being in the lineup despite being healthy. Well, one, he revealed to us that he has been healthy for multiple weeks despite the fact that he's still on LTIR. Um, But yeah, he he, he let us know that he's not pleased to be on the sidelines despite the fact that he was... He's under contract for two more years beyond this one at more than a million bucks per. How's this thing going to end, Brent? Not well. Uh, it seems like we're certainly trending towards that. Uh, this isn't, you know, this would be different if this was like a power forward type player who also gave you some of that other stuff where you say you really need that element. We saw what the element was. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, it was him picking up one or two dashes every single night he he was in the lineup. You know, I the fact that you have a guy already publicly not playing ball. I mean, Matt Murray never came out and said, oh, yeah, I took a dive, but I don't know. Like, uh, he played in the playoffs and then had surgery, and now there's talk of, oh, maybe once LTIR is no longer a thing, he'll be working towards getting healthy. That certainly sounds like a guy playing ball. Ryan Reeves, certainly not. I don't understand how this wasn't more of a clear roadmap. I don't think they told him we're going to sit you the whole year, but he didn't tell them I'm going to be a dash two every single night either. So I think that this is just a clear kind of team on one path player on another and you're in the first of a three-year deal how was this conversation not breached heading into it or the possibility of this breach heading into it yeah i mean i feel the same way about the john klingberg signing yeah okay this was a a, a, 
I guess it was worst case scenario. And certainly when a guy actually goes under the knife, yeah. like it's, it's yeah. hard to argue with that. Yeah. But the same thing happened with Matt Murray. Yeah. But yeah, that a conversation most likely I would have thought occurred between Brad for living and the player at the time of the signing that the thought, Hey man, well, and especially in the case of Ryan Reeves, who's 37 years old and signed a three year contract deal. that, Hey man, yeah, you're going to get your money. That's all guaranteed. Yeah. You're getting it all. Yeah, but like that, football, that doesn't guarantee you a spot on the National Hockey League roster. Yeah, it's a uh, it is a a sketchy situation to, to say the least. When you have a guy who's on LTIR publicly saying I'm ready to be healthy, and hey, Leafs doctors could potentially disagree, but mm. that's not exactly a fun situation to be in either. I cannot wait to talk to Luke about that. Mm-hmm. So Leafs can't sign Corey Perry because of the furor that would have existed in the city of Toronto, and they can't hide guys on LTIR because we won't shut up about it. Well, not I mean, we won't, but yeah, no, every other market in the world is like, the, there will be lightning discourse going, oh, this is disgusting. Yeah. How could they do this? No comments about Kucherov, please. Speaking of disgusting, this is a disgusting <laughs> performance put forth by the Raptors yesterday. God, you hated it. You're not wrong to, but you hated it so That's much. Gross, man. I was like, oh, at least... Hey, you know what? It's been a rough couple of weeks as far as wins and losses are concerned. They're due. Yeah, figured. They were not. Uh, they were never in a game that they lost by eight points to the Grizzlies <laughs> as they dropped to the sixth spot in the draft lottery. Uh, we will talk to Alvin Williams next. The Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.